Welcome to the show called Let's Talk Homeschool. I'm Davis and I'm with my wife Rachel and we are your host. This is the show where we talk about everything homeschooling, the how, what, when, where, and why. We want to affirm, encourage, challenge, and inspire you in this adventure of a lifetime. And we want to celebrate everything you get to experience along the way. Welcome to episode number 93. Today's show is titled Creationism versus Other Worldview Options. Okay, Rachel, let's talk homeschool. So, Apologia is self-described as a creation-based science company, creation-based math company, creation-based Bible company. So, all the subjects we publish, science, math, Bible... There's a theme here. ...are (laughs) creation-based. Right. So, why is that and what are the alternatives, what are the other options? That's what we want to talk about today. So we're going to boil it down to the four main worldviews. And and this division into four main worldviews comes from a book entitled Making Sense of Your World by John Stone Street, co-authored with Bill Brown and Gary Phillips. So we're going to compare the following four worldviews. We're going to compare theism, or what I'm calling creationism, to the second one of materialism, to the third of transcendentalism, and all of that to the fourth called postmodernism. So let's actually start with postmodernism because it's over here on the side. The first question, or one of the first questions you can ask that can create this kind of division of four categories is, does truth exist at all? Is truth knowable? The first three, theism, uh, also called creationism, materialism, and transcendentalism would say, yes, truth is knowable. We can know what it is. Now, they have very different definitions of what truth is. But on the other side, if you answer no to that question and say, truth cannot even be known, it doesn't exist, that is the category of postmodernism. Now, unfortunately, postmodernism is the water we swim in these days. Mm -hmm. So we all have to be very careful to make sure we understand it and can detect it. Understanding that, though, is is really the challenge. I mean, it's literally like trying to nail jello to a wall. I mean, well, it is by definition. By definition, and that's what people need to get their head around. We're we're not going to be able to give you a little quick, little concise definition because it is ever morphing and changing. Well, it is. Postmodernism not only begins with the premise that truth doesn't exist or is knowable. Well, right. the, the first question you might want to ask them is. Is, is that, that a true, true statement? <laughs> it's self-defeating from the beginning. Right. But they would say that any truth is self-defined. Right. It's a social construct. Right. It's a cultural understanding, and it's fluid. It right. can change tomorrow if you don't like it. Right. Or in the next five minutes. You don't have to wait till tomorrow, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, if you're a postmodernist, it, you don't even have to wait that long. Again, to the jello you were describing, there's this is sinking sand that they're trying to stand on. Right, exactly. The there's mod- also a book entitled The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self by Carl Truman. Yes. And he describes much of this in two words called expressive individualism. Right. Which means you as an individual get to define truth for yourself and for the world around you, and it can change, and you are to be passionately expressive about that, and other people are supposed to be just as adamantly you know, interested in it as well. Yeah, other people are supposed to be interested in you, which again, 
contradicts the whole premise of the worldview to begin with because everyone gets to do that on their own and not just bow to someone else. So it, it's very convoluted and confusing. Yeah, so some of the other questions that we'll look at on the other three worldviews are, does life have purpose? And if so, what is it? What about the problem of evil? Postmodernism is so fluid that it, it doesn't deal with those very well. It would say that the problem isn't that there's right or wrong. It's that it's all a social construct anyways. And so you can make race be a problem. You can make economics be a problem. You can make uh, gender be a problem. All of those, you get to define what is evil in the world. Right, because they, they reject the fundamental issue that theists um, and Christians embrace as fundamental to our faith, and that is that we all have a sin nature. So postmoderns acknowledge evil in the world, but it doesn't start with them. It's something outside of them. It's something other than them. It's not because they have a fundamental problem. It's because there's a problem out in the world somewhere. Right. And so writing a science book with a postmodern worldview is practically impossible. It's next to impossible. You've already seen some of the deconstruction of language, Mm -hmm. such as um, instead of calling George Washington and Thomas Jefferson our founding fathers, they're called our founding non-birthing persons. And you get all (laughs) kinds of craziness like that. And the whole transgender thing where, what, we don't know what defines a man or a woman? Right. What, What happened to biology 101 with two X chromosomes and an XY? Right. Well, and, and that's I, irrelevant to them. Right. And I used to teach freshman English in the public school system 30 something years. Well, I guess it was only about 26, 27 years ago. But the point is, this is a an English teacher's nightmare. I mean, you're just brutalizing grammar by changing all of these pronouns. It's the whole thing is a train wreck. Right. So you would not want to be studying from a postmodern uh, science book. That's why our science books are not postmodern. Right. So now let's let's switch gears to the other world. Three views. options. Let's start with materialism, then we'll go to transcendentalism, and we'll finish with creationism. Okay. So all three of these say that truth is knowable and we can understand it. Uh, the question is, what is it and how do we understand it? So with materialism, this is the worldview that says that all matter and energy... Everything we see and observe with our senses, that is what is, was, and always will be. Thank you, Carl Sagan. Exactly. That TV show Cosmos, he spelled out the worldview very clearly in that opening line. Mm -hmm. And even though they're technically atheists, in a sense, matter and energy are their gods, because that's the ultimate reality. That's what lasts forever and is eternal. And yet, uh, with that, they would say that anything spiritual or unseen or something we can't sense or measure doesn't exist, certainly is not of consequence. And so science becomes their god in a way. You'll hear phrases like, science is real, or believe the science, or the science has been... Or they'll say the science has been settled. Mm -hmm. So those are the kind of phrases you'll hear from a materialist. But what's the problem with that kind of a worldview, especially as it relates to science curriculum? Oh, because we're always learning more things. I mean, if the science was settled at Newton's time, we're in a very different world, aren't we? Exactly. Science is 
constantly growing, new experiments, new breakthroughs, new understandings of different concepts. So the science isn't settled. There are things in an ongoing way that we're, we're learning about science all the time. Well, and to that point, we can learn truth from science. Correct. We just can't learn all, all truth. Right. And it's a pretty big universe where we obviously are progressing. So even what we do know today might be understood better tomorrow. And there might be new discoveries that we don't even know what the questions are to ask right now. Right. So... It's, it's ever evolving, to use their own words. Right, and I just want to make the contrast then to theism. God isn't changing, but the God of materialism, science, is still changing. Yes. And by their own definition, evolving. So going to the evolving, Charles Darwin was very influential in the world of materialism, uh, where the evolution of species and kinds crept up. Mm-hmm. And that's in a lot of science books. Right. A materialistic science book is going to say that the world has always existed. It's going to say that the fossils we see are not the result of a global flood that happened 4,300 years ago, but something that happened millions and millions of years ago. Materialism is has been expecting a missing link to be discovered in those fossils, and it has not been discovered in over 200 years of intense archaeological work. And so, even in Darwin's own studies, because of that missing link being literally missing, his theory has become weakened and weakened through the years to where they really don't have much of a leg to stand on these days in light of what But they're what so insistent on standing anyway. And really, you know, you and I have talked about this a couple of times. The more I study those who worship at the altar of science... And are so intent, well, they're intent on calling themselves atheists, but they're not really technically atheists, meaning anti-God of any kind, because science is their God. But it is remarkable to me the lengths to which they will go to try to kick God out. Because to me, and Romans 1 makes this clear, Paul writes that man is without excuse. I mean, we walk out our front door and there's evidence of God right there, everywhere in God's creation, Clearly, this was all made by a divine God. And they just come up with more and more reasons. They add more and more zeros to how long ago it began, hoping that that will make all of us feel better, that, oh, okay, well, maybe it took longer than we thought, instead of just God. So it's kind of remarkable. Right. So now let's move over to transcendentalism. Do we have to? (laughs) (laughs) So real quick, materialism is more prevalent in the Western world Mm -hmm. and Western civilization. If you're from the East, you might be more familiar with transcendentalism. That's where it is more prevalent. And that is the worldview that says that what we see with our eyes and our senses, that is the unreal world. That's a dream, an illusion. Uh, It's not the real part, which is the unseen world. And if we can separate our physical body from our real person, Mm -hmm. then we can experience nirvana and, in their words, become one with the nothingness. Correct. That sure doesn't sound very inspiring to me. And and a lot of it is summed up in the Beatles song, Imagine. Right. Imagine a world where nothing is real. Reincarnation is a big part of this worldview as well, where your life is recycled and you come back as some 
hither animal form. Depending on uh, how you lived before. Right. And again, that doesn't create much purpose in life, not a purpose that's inspiring. So right. It's kind of hopeless. The, it's very hopeless. There's all kinds of problems there. And a science book that's written from an Eastern uh, viewpoint is probably not even going to happen. They don't view science as, as important enough to write about. I just want to make the point that we were talking about postmoderns before, and in a postmodernist worldview, men are basically and fundamentally good. And any problems or evils that we see come from some sort of system outside of man, because man right. is fundamentally good. Kind of related in a wonky kind of way is transcendentalism. And transcendentalism says, in opposite view to what Christianity says, theism says, Christians believe that we have a sin nature, that we're fundamentally flawed because Adam ushered in sin through his disobedience in Eden. And so because we're all ancestors of Adam, we have that same fundamental sin flaw, our sin nature. Transcendentalism says the answer is within you. They believe that if you look enough inside of you, if you get in touch with yourself, if you do all of that, you can find the answer within you, which is completely opposite to what the Bible teaches. Right, and there's different flavors of transcendentalism. Mm -hmm. You've heard, probably heard of the New Age movement, and that's kind of a mix of Western and Eastern right. to where uh, you get in touch with the energy and right. the forces exactly. within you exactly. and become... Uh, one with yourself and with the spirit world and with right. the nature. So there's there's interesting mixes, flavors, and expressions of all these. Well, uh, and I just want, I would say, too, very few people, even if you put all four of these worldviews you're talking about on the table today, very few people, tragically, are even just one of them. Right. Even Christians get infected, and that's the right word, and pick and choose from the other three things that they like better than the Christian. Because, you know, in the Christian faith, there is real sin that has to be dealt with. There are real consequences for sin. And there's real self-restraint required to walk with God. And so very often these worldviews have crept not only into the hearts and minds of individual Christians, but into churches. Right. And so, for example, if you take any of them to their logical conclusion, for instance, materialism, if you take it to its, to its logical conclusion, you'll become an existentialist or a nihilist. Right. And so there's there's extreme versions of all of right. them. There's interesting flavors. Mixes. Because even in theism, let's move to theism now, there are three major branches of theism. Right. You have Islam, right. you have Judaism, and you have Christianity. Right. So even that has, and then each of those have you know, branches that you could... Uh, show for each of those. But the key one that I want to concentrate on here with theism is the creationism aspect because we have creation-based science. So it's right. theist-based science. The point is that there is a God, right. an ultimate reality that created the universe. And the matter and energy is the finite creation that this God created. Right. So if we look at that model, right. we have to ask ourselves, how well does it match reality? So the interesting thing about theism is theists believe that matter is real, just like a materialist. Theists also believe that the unseen world is real, Correct. just like the transcendentalists. 
But of course, there's many other differences. Correct. We believe in a certain God. We believe that life does have purpose to glorify this God creator, to to uh, um, know him, to make him known, uh, to enjoy him forever. Those those are wonderful purposes with a great hope for a future. And then on science, it accurately explains what's happening in the world around us. Correct. The physical laws of nature, uh, all the discoveries that have been made in the past and that are continuing to work for, Christians have been very influential in that because they follow a position that Anselm had, which is they want to believe in order to understand. Mm. Whereas Carl Sagan said he wanted to understand, not believe. Wow. And so very different ways of coming at wanting to learn the discoveries. Exactly. And so being a company that teaches creation-based science, we have an opportunity to undergird people's faith. Because we're saying, look what God did. Here are the laws of science. These line up directly with reality as we know it. These make sense to our senses. These make sense in the scientific world. Look how far we've come from Newton until today, right? Look at all the discoveries we've made. Look what God did. Look at all these laws that make all these things make sense. Look at how perfectly placed the earth is, right? This is what God did. So I believe creation-based science specifically just inspires more awe and wonder for God. Right. I think it. our science is known for being rigorous and college preparatory. So we have that advantage going with us. There's no sense in diluting the academic rigor of our curriculum just because it's creationist. No, our standard has been because it's creationist, we need to make sure that it is academically rigorous because we need more Christian scientists. We need more young men and women who understand creation, a science from a creation perspective that can actually go into those careers and take those careers back. Well said. And it is inspiring to want to know this God that yes. created this universe that is a vast mm-hmm. but finite and it's it's we can be inspired by the things we know about science mm-hmm. and i believe we can be inspired by the things that we don't know about yeah. the world around yeah. us yet yeah and and that's exciting because you know i still think all all the laws that we know about science and you have a brain for that so you could articulate more of them than i can but i remember studying those once upon a time there's still so many mysterious things that we don't know. And it's just, I think it's a glory to God for us to be awestruck by both the things we already understand and the things we're yet to discover and just marvel at his creative power. That's true. So worldviews, creationism versus materialism versus transcendentalism versus postmodernism, the best model, the most reasonable model that matches The ultimate reality is a creation-based worldview. That's why our science is creation-based. So we're going to bring this conversation to a close. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, this is Let's Talk Homeschool. And we're your hosts, Davis and Rachel Carmen. We want to thank our sponsor, Apologia Educational Ministries. Their mission is to help homeschooling families learn, live, and defend the Christian faith. And they are known for their creation-based science. They have over 130 number one awards 
You can find out more by visiting Apologia.com, a great place to explore creation. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, we are walking by faith and enjoying the homeschooling adventure of a lifetime.